Broadcasting live from the Out of the Boat Ministry headquarters, you're listening to Cast the Net. Now here's your hosts, Matt Hynas and Sean Fraunfelder. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we just want to thank you for another blessed day. Lord, we uh, we ask you to be with us tonight. Uh, Lord, again, we're going to get into a topic that sometimes can get a little bit touchy with people. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, what we say is pleasing to you. I pray that what we say is um, lines up with your heart. Lord, that, that's what we're trying to do as best as we can, is trying to line our heart up with your heart. Um, Lord, and, and, and we struggle. Uh, we struggle daily with that, and we need your help, so we ask for that. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, anybody who's listening to this um, podcast, that they uh, they don't hear judgmental uh, comments coming from us. They don't hear, um, you know, negative, um, you know, pointing fingers. Lord, I pray that it comes across to them that everything that's said is... is it's just as much to us as it is to anybody else. Um, but Lord, these are these are some things that I believe that you've laid on on my heart over the years, and and still do, and it's still things that I struggle with. These are still questions that I have that um, uh, I still look for answers. Uh, so, Lord, I pray that this conversation uh, just flows tonight. Um, Lord, I. Uh, I just want to thank you for just an amazing opportunity that you've uh, given us to be able to um, to do a podcast like this, to be able to uh, be around a group of guys uh, that 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 I'm around. Uh, that's part of my life, uh, Lord. So I'm so grateful for that, Lord. Um, we just want to thank you for for all that you do, Lord. We love you, and we want to pray this in the holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And welcome to Castanet Podcast number 29, 29er. Kevin be the Harvick. Kevin Harvick. Yes. Yeah. The old. And we're going to go back to the original. Yes. GM Goodwrench car. I don't know who he is. He is now I number don't four. Watch car. He's now number but, four. Uh, we're 25 yeah. past that. Yeah. We're going. You know, yep. We're going old school here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So this is Castanet Podcast brought to you by Out of the Boat Ministries. My name is Sean Fraunfelder, and once again, I am joined with uh, my running mate, Matt Hynas. <laughs> with a face made for radio. Yeah. And the maestro on the soundboard, dun, once dun, again, dun. Adam Shine Dog. I really have no idea what all these buttons do. <laughs> Just keep pushing them and moving levers up and down. Something will happen. Perfect. You might beam us out of here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, with how, how with how 2020 is going, would that really be a bad thing? I did see a great meme today for you science fiction loving people, which I know you are, and I believe you are too. It was um, the old Star Trek, and it was Captain Kirk with his little mic, and it says, beam me aboard. And then in the next meme picture below it was... Um, Spock and Sulu and Scotty. And then the picture below that was Captain Kirk with a bunch of four by four lumbers. Dun, dun. 
<laughs> be me a Borg. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> so what I saw was uh, a picture of the Back to the Future DeLorean, and it says, whatever you do, Marty, don't come to 2020. <laughs> I need one of them. Yes. Yes, for sure. All right. So um, I guess we kind of teased this at the end of the last podcast. Uh, so this one is going to be... Um, I guess kind of a touchy, a little bit more touchy subject. Uh, so I'm going to start off with Scripture. Luke 12, I'm going to start in 35. Uh, it's going to be a little bit lengthy, but I think I've never been a fan of just cherry-picking a verse out because uh, sometimes it, you miss part of the context of it. Uh, so I think that the context of this is kind of fitting not only for the topic that we're going to talk about tonight, but also just kind of the environment that we're in now. Um, so, uh, so anyways, uh, Luke 12, starting at verse 35. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they can open the door for him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants who the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. He will come in the second watch or in the third and find them awake. Blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left the house to be broken into. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom his, whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour that he does not know. And he will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act accordingly to his will will receive a servant's beating. But the one who did not know and did not deserve a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom which much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. So the part that I want to focus on here is everyone to whom much was given... Much is required. 
and for whom to um and for him who they entrusted much they will demand the more so this is this is the part that I want to kind of focus on tonight because it is to kind of break it down the more you're given the more you are to give all right and that doesn't always mean money either no it doesn't but I think that might be where you're going a little bit tonight too is um, the wealth that the majority of folks in our country have and where does it go? Uh, uh, right. Because I don't think Christ asked of you what you care about the least. Because it's not a sacrifice to give up. I mean, the reason that money is always such a hard topic to talk about in America is because that's what we covet the most. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, um, people will give up their time way before they'll give up their stuff. But I mean, that that's kind of the American... Christian thought process is, well, God gave me more so I can get more stuff. That's, that's not what I see there right. in Scripture. So, but to understand that this isn't the poverty gospel, all right? I, I, don't, I don't believe in that part to where we need to give, give, give ourselves into poverty. I, I don't believe that's... Um, but we do need to accept the fact we are a wealthy nation. We ourselves are rich compared to the world standards. Um, so who do you think Jesus compares wealth to when he says how hard it is for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of God? So when, you, when it comes to the standard of wealth, does God look at the American standard of wealth? Or the world standard of wealth? Hmm. I guess, quite honestly, I've never really thought about that. You know, I didn't really think about, uh, in, you know, maybe he has what uh, some of our uh, high school teachers or our college professors called, maybe he grades on the curve. Maybe he grades, you know, depending on what country you're from and the standards that you grew up with, maybe there's a curve there. You know, because obviously um, people who might be considered wealthy in some countries in Africa would maybe not be considered wealthy here. And so in turn, maybe he's on the curve. Or maybe the wealth was built here because that's how it's supposed to be distributed out. Yes. So there are a billion people in the world that live on less than a dollar a day. There are 2 billion people in the world who live on less than $2 a day. Roughly 40% of the world lives on what you and I spend on a bottle of Coke. Yeah. An estimated 20,000 kids, kids under the age of 18 will die in the next 24 hours of a preventable disease or sickness. 
because they don't have the money or the resources that we have here. So, in the next day and a half, that would be the entire county of Hawking County dead in a day and a half. And we shut the world down for the COVID, though. If you make more than $32,000 in a year, you're considered to be in the top 1% to 2% of the wealthiest people in the world. Wow. By our standards, we are not rich. But by the world's standards, we are. Yeah, if you talk to someone who made $32,000, Right now in this country, they'd tell you we're poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Uh, Likely. I, yeah, I, I remember Ron Grubb. Um, one of his, the early messages that I heard from him uh, that really uh, sticks with me still today, and I was thinking about it when you were reading the scripture, our, our what we would call poor, or the people who themselves might say I'm poor, more than likely have running water in their home, mm-hmm. electricity, mm-hmm. a microwave, a refrigerator, likely a cell phone, Yep. a bed to lay in, like a mattress and a box spring, and a roof over their head with walls around it. Maybe not air conditioned, maybe so, but at least a fan that you could plug into the wall to you know, move some air that what we or they might consider to be poor and, and, you know, in some of these places in Africa maybe would be super wealthy. And, and I hadn't forgot that from, from Grubby. And, uh, and I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate that point to him, you know, that he pointed out that even our poor really aren't poor. No, not here in the U.S., but like, you, like they don't like the the abundance of wealth that we live at in this country, even our poorest of poors in this country are still at a higher standard than they are in India, um, in parts of China, in Africa, in you know, lots of different parts of the world, um, in Venezuela, in Haiti in Dominican Republic. I mean, this isn't, and, and that's, that's, that's a lot of what Americans will say. Well, the poor people are in Africa. Eh, that's some of them. Right. Um, but they're all over the world. Yeah. Um, they just really don't, they're just really not here. I mean, um, you haven't seen poor until you go to a third world country. I mean, but if you think about it, we're only two generations removed from the Great Depression. I mean, my right. grand, my grandfather, um, my mother's father. Um, I still remember him telling me he would show me the field out State Route ninety three North, just into the Perry County line. He would show me the field whenever we'd drive by it, and he would say. I worked in that field from sun up to sundown in, in the summer for five cents a day coming out of the Great Depression. 
And that five cents he would take home and give to his mother so that they could go, you know, once a week or mm-hmm. whatever they would to the store. We're only two generations removed from that. The reason the greatest generation was called the greatest generation is because they gave everything they had, whether it was in the war, World War One or two, or it was when they came back and they got a job doing whatever they had to, just like when they were away, um, the women were the ones running the factories, making the machines that were necessary for the war items. It, it just in two generations, we've lost that ethic. We we've lost that. Whatever you have to do to make ends meet, you do. But what what else have we lost in society in those two generations? Well, I think one of the biggest things we lost would be our recognition of a creator, our recognition that his laws trump all laws, that his ways were put in place not to be punishments, but to help us. I think we've lost the value of mankind. I think we've lost the self-worth of whether it be other individuals. Um, I think we lost the attitude of being servants. I could go on and on. I mean, there's a lot we've lost. I don't know if any of those were what you were looking for, but... No, it was. I mean, we've pushed God out. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what we've done. We, we have a... Do I get a prize for answering that correctly? Yeah, you do. You get Pizza Crossing Pizza. Oh. Um, We've lost a moral compass, right? So our moral compass is no longer on helping others, um, helping the community. Um, Our moral compass has turned inward. It's all about us and what we want. Um, And that's society. That is society. So... Um, so G- Jesus doesn't tell everybody to go sell all they have and follow him. He doesn't say that. But what if he told you to? That'd be quite the conversation, I can imagine. There's some get- grimacing on uh, Matt's face there. Well, I mean, let's be honest. It's on mine too. And any person who's listening to this, um, it, it would be quite the change of lifestyle. Yeah. That's for sure. But what if he came to you like Peter and said, he didn't tell Peter to go sell everything, but he told him to... Feed my sheep. Leave his profession, leave his, you know, family passed down business. Yeah. Leave his wife, leave his, in some writings, he had a child, he had a daughter. Um, So leave his kid and go full-time missionary with Christ. So let's just say that. Let's just say Christ doesn't tell you to sell all your stuff, but he tells you, quit your job and come follow me and be full-time missionary. What do you say? I sure hope I'd say, okay, but uh, I'd be a little scared that I would be, I would hesitate. I mean, 
What's one of the first things you're going to think in your head? Yeah, you're going to miss your wife and kids, but what's the next thing? Who's going to take care of them? Where's the money going to be to be able to keep all my stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I mean, because we we live as extended as we possibly can. We can. We can't give anymore because we're extended as far as we can. Mm. Um, Most of us feel that 10% is too much. Or at least 10% makes us uncomfortable. But that's it. 10% is actually the bare minimum. Jesus deserves it all, everything. He rescued you and I from the pits of hell, and we feel 10% of our money, time, possession is enough. Really? Does that seem fair? He saved us from an eternity of torment and suffering. He stood in our place and took our punishment that was due us, And he gives us his kingdom. And we feel that 10% is enough of a sacrifice. Jesus wants and desires your all. Whatever that is. With some of us, that's money. Because that's where our heart's at. With some of it's our career. For some, it's time. For some, it's our house. For some, it's our location. And that's it. God's call will be different for each one of us because each one of us needs to surrender something different. Are you willing to give up your comfortable life for Christ? We say we are, but let's be honest, are we? If not, then go to Christ and ask Him to change your heart and remember He loves you. He's not asking you to do anything He hasn't already done. Mm. Pretty sure Christ was awfully comfortable in His kingdom before he came to earth and was crucified on a cross. But his love for us was greater than his willingness to stay in his comfort zone. Shouldn't we do the same? So, we live a life of comfort. We live a life of what we want. But here's the thing. It's not just us. It's also the American church. Very true. I mean, could you imagine if Christ came up to any one of the churches that are in this community and said, I want you to give everything you have in the bank right now to whatever. Would they do it? No. Would they have the comfort? No. What if, God, what if Christ said, I want you to sell this building and use the proceeds? Well, then where are we going to meet? I've always, I've always wondered in the back of my mind, when Jesus talks about um, saving up in barns, he talks about the, the parable of um, the, uh, the farmer who had a great season and and needed to build bigger barns, tore down the barns he had, and then when he had them all built and all full, the Lord came for him that night. 
us saving up in barns, is that not what a 401k is? Is that not what a retirement plan is? I mean, are, are we subconsciously saying, I don't really think that you'll take care of us, Lord, so I'll just go ahead and, and I'll have my own contingency plan. I'm pondering these questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me put this disclaimer in. You've heard it before if you've listened to many of our podcasts. There might be stuff here tonight um, in this podcast that you might not like. I, my, I, I might not like some of the stuff I'm hearing in this <laughs> podcast. My wife will probably make you some cookies or something like that, Sean. <laughs> but, you know, that'll be all right. But as we've said before in all seriousness, take it to the Lord. You know, if you don't like what we're going to talk about here tonight, what we're into, um, take these things to the Father. Because he'll address those with you. You know, if if the Father says to you, no, this, this podcast was not meant for you, then good and great. Um, I, I believe for a lot of us that we're going to go, when we're going to get home tonight um, or tomorrow when we're driving into work and we're listening and we're thinking about this, I believe the Father is going to convict us in many areas to say, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's an idol. Yeah, that's an idol. Yeah, you could burn that idol and, and, and put it into this or this or this. I believe the Lord is going to work over many of us. I'm with you. I don't believe the Lord is saying like he did to the one man, mm-hmm. sell everything you have and follow me. The reason he said that to that person was because he knew that that was that person's idol. He knew that that person needed to walk away from that to grow in him. But I also heard a pastor say that if you are a person who thinks that Christ would not say that to me, then you're the one he would say it to. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, but put all that aside, just on the mere fact of if he did say it. Sure. If he said... I want you to I want you to give your car to that person. Would you do it? Which car? <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and and I chuckle about that, but honestly, I, I would be serious. Right? Because that's I'm I'm just being real. Mm-hmm. That that's what we do here. We're real. Um and I think that would probably be one of the first questions that my response to the king would be, uh, Lord, which car are you talking about? Because Right, but is, the, is he Lord of all of your life or just the little bit you want to give him? Right. That's right. Yeah, so I think that's where, um, when, you know, we did the podcast on sacrifice. So let's think about it. Let's, let's delve into my response. If I say to the Lord, Lord, which car are you talking about? Obviously, I'm not looking to sacrifice a certain car, right? Oh, you want to take that Camry with, you know, 130,000 miles and dinged up on the side and, oh, okay, sure. Oh, Lord, uh, that that 2017 GMC Yukon, ah, 
And I'm just being honest. And and again, folks, where we are here is we're not talking down to any of you. We're talking directly to ourselves. Yeah. In this room. Um, right. But anything that you would not give to the Lord. Sure. Would. Then you've put that, whatever that is, ahead of him. Well, what was it Jesus talked about? He talked about that we should be at um, enmity with this world. We should be like, mm. we, we can't be a part of the world and a part of him at the same time. They don't go together. We, we were called to be set apart. And being set apart would mean that we basically would be laying down our idols, laying down our fleshly wants uh, to follow him. And so maybe money is not some people's fleshly want. I believe the majority of the people who are probably listening to our podcast and might not listen anymore after this one, and that's all right, <laughs> money is probably mm-hmm. their number one their number one idol. Right. Well, and, and why is that? Well, we've been programmed that way. We've been conditioned. We've been conditioned that way. Well, um, I mean, it, it provides us with comfort. It yes. provides us with security. It provides us with... Um, Pizza crossing. Yeah. I mean, it provides us with so much that um, the thought of, of being without um, for some is much harder than others. So if someone says to you, listen, Sean, get off my case. I give my 10% at my church. Your response? It's, that's not my job to, to change them. It's not. My, 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 my job is to give them what... You're asking them to move outside of your box a little bit. Outside the box, but self-reflect into what... But honestly, go to Christ and say, yes. is this enough? Yeah. Yes. Really? There it is. So when Matt says, go to the Lord with this, he's serious. I mean, this is stuff that I'm hearing right now that I'm going to have to wrestle with with God personally, and it's going to be tough. Um, man, It that's what it is. You need to talk to God. You need to have conversation, you know, Regardless, I guarantee you there is something in your life that is separating you from God, um, something that you have a hard time giving it up. And it may take time to do so, but moving forward and moving through that with God will ultimately be uh, uh, an amazing reward from Him just to grow closer to Him. It's hard to say because I certainly like my stuff, and that's something that I'm going to have to work through. Um, Absolutely work through, but... I'm thankful that I do have a God that I can go to and talk to that he can, if I'm seeking his will, he can reveal that to me, reveal how to, you know, peel away some of the other, other things that are getting in the way of my relationship with him. I remember eight, eight, nine years ago that, uh, I kind of felt like the Lord was, uh, maybe pushing me a little bit. And one of the things that he kind of asked me, um, if I called you to start out of the boat ministries full time, could you do it? 
And I know why he asked me that question. He asked me that question because my answer was, well, no, Lord, because I'm in so much debt, I wouldn't be able to do that full time because I have to work mm-hmm. to, to pay off the bills that I owe. And so I remember thinking after kind of the question and answer session there that I was having with the, the Lord. Wow. I've, I've, he didn't do this to me. He didn't put me in debt, right? Mm-hmm. I put myself there. And so I think he was just showing me, you know, listen, I, I don't believe that that's where he's going to call me now. I think he was just showing me lovingly, Matt, look, if I were to call to ask you again, let's just put it in a different way. If I were to say, I want you to give that person $300. At that point in my life, I probably wouldn't have had that to go give. Would I have been able to physically go to my account and go pull out 300 and give it to a complete random stranger? I wouldn't have been able to. And so I haven't forgot that conversation, Lord, um, from several years ago. Um, and I think, I think that's kind of where you're going. You're not saying we should all be ashamed because we have a good job or because we have nice things. What you're asking us is to re-examine ourselves, re-examine what the Lord has planned for us, re-examine what we are putting into the kingdom. And we're not talking just about financially putting into the kingdom. You're talking about whether it's your time, whether it's financially, whether it's mentoring people, whether it's praying for people, whether, whether it's, it's moving serving. to a whole new state, whole new country. Right. Right. So um, so we all need vehicles because we all work, right? So will a ten thousand dollar car get you where you need to go? Or does you have to have or do you have to have a sixty thousand dollar car to do it? Do ten thousand car would probably do the job. Um can you raise your family in a fifteen thousand or fifteen hundred square foot home as opposed to a four thousand square foot home? Now family size is going to matter. Um you know, a vacation is always something that gets me. I mean, that that would be probably the one splurge that I, you know, kind of have. And I know it's something, um, you know, my wife and I have talked about before in the past, just saying, you know, we could, you know, we could use this money for other purposes. I mean, we could. Uh, so we try to make sure that we're, in communication enough with the Lord to make sure that this is still okay, you know. But when was the last time you went to purchase a car and you prayed and said, God, which car do you want me to get? <laughs> I mean, when we bought our houses, did we? I, I didn't. Uh, this last one, yes. A lot of this prayer. last one, all of us prayed for your house. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we greatly appreciate that, by the way. In, in all seriousness, I um, do appreciate that. You know, but 
I guess it's, yes, part of this is finances. Some of this is just the absolute crazy abundance that we live in. I mean, it is, I look at my closet at time and I'm like, how many, how many shirts do I need? I mean, I've, I've always, I always appreciated the Steve Jobs approach at the end of his life. Steve said he had so many decisions to make during the day that he's trying to eliminate them. So if you ever notice, towards the end of his life, he wore the same shoes, same jeans, and the same kind of shirt. He didn't, it wasn't the same ones. He just bought five or six of the exact same shirts, five or six of the same jeans, and had the same shoes. And so he had no... And I'm like, I would absolutely love that. So my wife gets irritated with me because I, every weekend, I wear out-of-the-boat shirts. It's, it's, there's no thought process. I've got four or five of them. I grab them, put a pair of shorts on, I'm done. In the wintertime, I grab my out-of-the-boat sweatshirt. I mean, but I, and I look at stuff, and I'm like, yeah, there's some of the stuff in here I haven't worn for um, years. And there's people in this country who are created by God who have one shirt. One. That's it. One. And it doesn't fit. I mean, if you've been to a third world country, you see. Uh, it doesn't match, doesn't fit. Uh, they're happy as can be to have it. I mean, I have a drawer full of socks. We give socks out when we give shoes out. And you see how people are appreciative of a pair of socks. I, I think mm. when you look at, um, at least for many of us here at Out of the Boat Ministries, and when we started to do the shoe giveaway with Samaritan's Feet, um, and, and let, me, let me just pause right here for a second to throw in this. Um, it was brought to my attention that maybe we as Out of the Boat haven't been thankful enough to the people who have allowed us to give away what we've given away. So I'm not going to go down a laundry list of all the different churches, but let me say... There are multiple churches in multiple individuals, multiple church groups, women's groups in these churches who have given to Out of the Boat Ministries that allows us to purchase the backpacks, purchase the shoes, purchase the socks. Um, it doesn't come out of all of our bank accounts here at Out of the Boat to make that happen. So I just wanted to put that little disclaimer in there because... Um, we are very grateful for anyone who has ever given us a penny, a dollar, 50 cents, whatever you've given, we're very grateful. But the one thing that we really started to note, at least for me, and I know several of us because we've talked about it, the first year we started to give away shoes, there was an overwhelming number of children who said, I don't know what shoe size I wear. I've never had a new pair of shoes. Mm. And to most of us in, in here and out of the boat, we were blown away by that because maybe that's never a livelihood that we came up in. Um, and I know that's been very touching over the last several years. And that's why, you know, uh, certain ladies groups uh, have continued to support us over the last couple of years financially and with socks and um, because that touched them that, hearing from a child that they've never had a new pair of shoes before. So 
when, when you think about what is it we're saying in this podcast, I want you to think about that. Have you in your life ever said to anyone, I've never had a new pair of shoes from me before? I would imagine most folks who are going to listen to our podcast maybe didn't come up in that. And then if, if, that's, if that's not you, so if you're like me, who I was very fortunate, I was blessed, I was able to have parents who both worked and were able to afford to buy me a new pair of shoes every school year. And if I wanted to play baseball, they could buy me a new pair of baseball cleats to allow me to play. What I want you to imagine is the joy on these children's faces when they get a brand new pair of shoes. That means so much in their life. And then on top of that, though, this is what we're here for. On top of that, we give them an even better gift than a brand new pair of shoes. We give them the greatest gift that we could ever share with someone, which is the gospel of Jesus. Jesus loves you. He came here for you. You know, um, and you know, for a lot of those kids, they've never heard that either. But that story right there is what, and maybe it's just me, it doesn't make any kind of sense to me how we can have people in our community, kids in our community, who have never had a new pair of shoes But yet, we got a new $3 million church that's going to be built down the road here. We have another million-dollar building campaign. You know, right up the road, we have a $6 million. So again, for those who have, were given much, much is required. So, but then just as for us with Out of the Boat, like... I guess for me, I'm not speaking for anybody else. For me, it's hard for me to say that I absolutely am a true follower of Christ when when I live how I do, knowing that people around me live the way they do. I don't understand how it's so easy to drive to work in a $60,000 car calling yourself a, a follower of Christ, but yet there are people in your community who don't have shoes. I, that, that, that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me how, you know, a, a, a church up the street can, can spend $6 million on a building and literally... Blocks from it are people who kids probably don't have shoes. I, I I just like that never makes sense to me. It just doesn't make it. It 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 just doesn't. So so for for me 
Um, I don't know. This is one of those things that really... Um, I look at the I look at the church in Acts and you see how nobody went without. It says that every need every need was met because everybody was willing to sacrifice something of theirs. Our church the, the American church doesn't do that. The church here, our church community here doesn't do that. Within out of the boat, we don't do that. I mean, there are people within out of the boat who have come and gone who had needs that we didn't even try to fill. Like I, I, I don't... That just, to me... It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. And these are the conversations that I that I have with Christ to say, I know I can be sometimes a little overly harsh on things, but there's times when I look at him and say, how, how could I possibly say that I follow you when... I have a hard time giving up very simple things. Like, at one time, Paul said that he would willingly trade places with all of his brethren for them to go to heaven, for him to go to hell. That's how much he cared for them. We can't sacrifice more than 10%. If that. Right. And then the and then the church. I mean, the abundant, elaborate. I mean, starting with the Catholic Church and going down through. I mean, the Millions and millions. The second largest landowning organization behind the U.S. government in the United States is the U.S. church, the American church. I mean, we have multi-million dollar buildings. We have fancy lights and sound systems and cameras and... Coffee shops. Coffee shops and... You know, we're decorated through Pottery Barn now or um, Pier 1 or um, we have to have the latest uh, trends and fashions and we need to, you know, update. Skinny pants. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And then we sit back and we say, I can't believe America is where it's at right now. Like, because... A lot of this stuff back when you had mentioned at the beginning of this podcast about the greatest generation, the average family lived in a modest house, had one car. I mean, a lot of wives stayed home because they didn't live in they didn't live outside their means. So the the 
the mother was afforded the luxury to be able to stay home with the kids. And it wasn't, you know, a male masculine type of thing, but women are nesters by nature. So back in that time, they were able to, to do that. Um, but we live in such crazy abundance now that wife has to work full time. Dad has to work full time. If you get any kind of overtime, we have to grab as much overtime as we can. Um, and everything is just so squeezed so tight. We don't have anything more to give because all of us, even the three of us sitting here at this table right now, we still have a God-shaped hole in our heart that we're still trying to cram Cadillacs and houses and food and everything else into to make us happy. Range Rovers. Range Rovers. Infinity Q60s. <laughs> and folks, uh, I, I, you know, Shine laughs and Fran laughs, but um, that that is something for me. Like my, I, I love high end used cars, used, but they, I, I love them, I do. You know, um, I, I struggle like every year and a half or every year not to go find a new one. Lord's working with me on that. Um. And these guys sitting here, uh, as we discuss this, they know that. Um, Sean sometimes is my biggest encourager. Adam, I know you encourage me. <laughs> um, We're two peas in the pod there, buddy. Yeah. And so, listen again. If you think that uh, Sean or any of us here tonight are talking down to you, mm. we are talking to ourselves. Absolutely. We are saying to us, but... We lovingly say, Sean lovingly says, and I'm not, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. So, um, this is what I believe you are saying. You are lovingly saying to believers, spirit filled believers in Jesus Christ who are doing their best every day to follow after him. Is money an idol for you? If the Lord asks you to do something more for, with your money for his kingdom, would you do it? Could you financially do it? What would you have to do financially to put yourself in a position to do what God has called you to do if he so called you? I think your next piece that you're asking is, have you ever gone to the Lord to say, Lord, is what I'm giving enough? Mm. Am I giving it into the right places? Folks, I got to tell you, here's one thing I want to challenge you with. Go ask your pastor, pastor, what do we put our money into as a church? Who do we get behind? What do we tithe into? Do we pour money into our own congregation who are falling on hard times? Pastor, would it be possible if the COVID ever came back and everything shut down again, could we reverse giving? Could we reverse give for two months instead of the tithe coming into the church? Could the tithe go out to church members who needed it for two months? I ask you to challenge your pastors in those ways. Because you know what? There's nothing wrong with asking that question. Because here's the one thing that the Bible did talk about as well is, don't store up your treasures where they can gather dust. 
There's a lot of bank accounts in numerous cities across the country that churches have where their hundreds and thousands or millions of dollars are gathering dust. Meanwhile, the harvest is still going on. There's still work to be done. Because the owner of the land has not returned, but he's returning. At some point, he's going to ask you, what did you do with this land while I was gone? Are we going to be able to tell him, yes, I invested your money. This is what you left. This is what I brought back. The last thing that we want to be able to do is go, well, you know, you gave me this talent and I went and I buried it. And here it is. I dug it up. There you go. If you don't know that, um, if you don't know that story, I encourage you to find it in uh, in the Gospels and read that. But do you also think he may say, "What did you do with the six figure income I gave you?" Sure. Hmm. I mean, um, a part of. But let me part, let me let me let me give this other side. It doesn't even have to be six figures. No, I'm just I I just throw it out. He, I mean, he, but he just what'd you do say, with your with the fifty grand I gave you? Yeah, what'd you do with the thirty two that you made? Right. Yeah, I mean, no matter where you are on the curve, there'll be an account um, of where did you put your money. Um, what is it early on in the Dave Ramsey series? Show me your checkbook, and I'll show you your idols. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was sitting in that and I just was like, whoa, uh-oh. Kroger's is an idol. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> right? But yeah. So, I, I, you know, I would say that. Um, the one thing I always think about of when I think about excess, what do I spend or what, what do uh, I think people spend excess around me or myself uh, in the one of the simplest things that come to mind is a Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. We'll pay six, seven dollars for coffee. It's ice though. It's iced coffee. Oh. And they put that foo-foo stuff on top. That makes it gooder. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, folks, I think these are some of the things that you're talking about. You're not. And again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I guess if, if I had to wrap everything up together, here's what I want. This is for me. This is me, all right? This is where I'm at with the Lord. It's time to really, to really let go, okay? So you're standing on the beach, and you walk into the ocean, and the water's hitting your feet. And that's okay. The deeper you go in, a little bit more uncomfortable, but your feet are still on the ground. You still have control. It's time to actually go out into the deep waters where you're fully submerged. So that he actually, because I'm getting exhausted of having exhausted days. I'm getting burnt on trying to continue to live this life that I think is right And I believe what he's calling me to is to say, let it all go. Give every bit of it to me. So this is me saying, this is where I feel I'm at. Who wants to go with me? Mm. 
you know, because giving up stuff here, I believe, is going to free up that relationship mm. with him here. Right? None of us has taken anything with us or not. Nope. We're not. And again, I'm not saying, you know, to to sell everything and live in a tent and don't have any responsibilities. Um, but I am saying that every single person I know, family, friend, acquaintance, could live a simpler life than what they do, could live a more condensed life, could buy less, spend less, and give more. There's not a single person I know who can't do that. The difference is you make the choice to do that. Because I don't think there's ever going to be a time that God's going to go, you know what? No. Stop giving. I just don't. You're not going to outgive him. You know, you're not going to give your way into heaven. Yeah. But I think if you want to grow that relationship, if your sole purpose here is that relationship with Christ, all this stuff is blinding it. I don't think I want to say anything after that. I, I just think we should close right there. I think that speaks for itself. How about you, Adam? No, I think that's pretty spot on. You want to close this up? Yeah. Boy, Father, we, we thank you um, for this podcast that we've been able to share with everyone. Lord, um, I ask you, Lord, that you be the interpreter for this podcast to every single ear that will hear it, that they will hear exactly what you want them to hear. It might not be, there might not be one word in this podcast that you translate to them. Lord, I believe that this podcast, if it falls on a hundred ears, there will be a hundred interpretations of it. And that's what we ask, Father. We ask, Lord, for you to be glorified through this podcast. Lord, we don't do these things so we can say, look at us, we're better than you. Lord, we do these things so that we can be better. Lord, we do these things for your kingdom to grow so that we can follow you closer. And so, Lord, I ask that if there are things in our lives that have a dollar figure attached to them that keep us from growing in you, that you point them out to us. Mm. Lord, that you'll just burn them up in the refiner's fire and that they melt away. Because basically what I heard at the end, Lord, is that these are weights on our feet. These are weights on our ankles that are holding us down from growing in you. That's really what I heard Sean say there at the end. That we're trying to walk out into the water, but we're never going to be able to float because we're going to be sinking with all of our stuff. So, Lord, if there are things that you want us to put our time and money into, Lord, please show us those things. 
Lord, if there are churches that you are trying to get their attention to help those around them, Lord, please move in a mighty way. Lord, please let us hear your soft, still voice. Mm. We're listening. Lord, I pray blessing on every person listening to this. Lord, I just pray that the people that are in bondage by stuff, that in your name, Jesus, we can break those bonds through this podcast, through this time, through people coming to you, Lord, people coming to you with a servant's heart saying, Lord, Father, Abba, what, what can I do? Lord, where am I at with this? Where does this stand between you and I, Jesus? Because I know you'll give them the right answer at the right time. Lord, these are some unsure times, but the one thing that we are sure of is that you are the King of kings, Lord of lords. You love us so much. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that. The price of your death and resurrection is immeasurable. We'll never be able to pay it back. But what we hope to hear, Lord, is uh, when our last breath here is done, is well done, good and faithful servant. So, Lord, whatever we have to do to be better in you, Lord, please show us. Thank you again for this time with my brothers, Lord. I ask these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Cast the Net, a production of Out of the Boat Ministries. For more information, follow us on Facebook at Out of the Boat Logan or visit our website, outoftheboatministries.com.